You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey everybody, welcome to Lockdown Angels, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, now brought to you by Hotels.com. You're locked in with Taylor Blake Ward. I have to apologize to all of you listening in who listened in last week. I missed a lot of shows. I was sick, and I know that's not a good excuse, but I just I had no voice. Uh, still a little bit nasal. I just can't bust uh, out of this cold, um, but I am going to push through this week. I'm not sick, but I just it's all stuck right here, and I'm actually pointing when you can't see because this is radio and a podcast. So, uh, But thank you for bearing with me. Thank you for your patience. I really appreciate it. Today is Monday, September 2nd. We're into September. We're taking your questions from our Sunday night Twitter question and answer, and we're bringing them to you here on the show. We do this every Monday, uh, and I'll explain it to you once again if you aren't familiar with it. On Sunday night, right around 9 p.m. Pacific time, I send out a tweet saying, hey, send me any and all your baseball questions. I'll bring the best ones to the show here on Monday morning like we're doing right now. So uh, if you want to be a part of the show, follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Angels. You can follow me personally at Taylor Blake Ward. Watch for that tweet. Man, see, I can't even get it out right. At Taylor Blake Ward. And watch for that tweet and make sure that you send your questions. You want to be a part of the show. So before we get to your questions, we got to remind you, follow us on Twitter, like I said. And also make sure to download today's show or any of the episodes to the Lockdown Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the new Himalaya Podcasting app, free and easy to download through your Apple app or Google Play Store. Let's get to some of your questions. We're going to start with prospects and miscellaneous. And this first one actually isn't a question. It's a message from an old friend, at Baja Chaser. That's Kyle. Uh, he says, no question. Just want to say I love what you do, and I'm really proud of you. Really enjoy the pro- uh, podcast. Uh, Kyle is an old friend. For those of you that don't know, uh, my professional career as a reporter uh, started by covering hockey. And uh, it started with minor league hockey, of all things, of course. Minor leagues, <laughs> of course. And uh, Kyle, you, you've been with me since day one. Uh, you, Jeremiah, Gan. Uh, the works. And I, I got to say, thank you very much, not only for the kind words, but also sticking with me all these years. And to those that, uh, you know, whether you're new or old, I appreciate uh, you guys following along, listen to the show. Uh, like I said, some of you have said I've been reading for a long time. Some of you have been uh, listening to the podcast for a long time. Uh, but Kyle was there from day one. And I really got to say thank you to Kyle for uh, being there and doing that. So thanks for the kind words, Kyle. Uh, let's get to your questions a little bit here. Miscellaneous, this one from Daniel Garcia. And I like this one at Dan Garcia, 87 first wedding anniversary is coming in October, going to the Arizona fall league. Is that a good gift? Uh, dude, that is all on your wife. If she thinks it's a good gift, then congratulations. That is really cool that you have a wife that wants to go to the Arizona fall league uh, with you. If not, it's really cool that she uh, is allowing you guys to do that on your first wedding anniversary. Congratulations, by the way. Uh, like you said, it's, it's in October, so congratulations. That's great. Uh, being married is a fantastic thing. So, Daniel, uh, congrats, man. That's that's awesome. Uh, as for if it's a good gift, that's not for me to decide, dude. you got to ask your wife. Uh, most important person in that puzzle piece right there. Next question here comes from Trout for Prez 2024 at Halo Nation 335 are the balls juiced? Uh, the baseballs, that is, I, I hope. Uh, when it, I like to say that they are tightly wound. Um, the science has kind of proven that the stitches are tighter to the ball. 
uh, kind of harder to grip. So, th- yeah, the ball is traveling further. If you want to use the term juiced, you can. Uh, I just like to say that they are tightly wound. But, yes, juiced is the proper term that I think you could get away with here. Um, great questions. I love when we start off the show with stuff like that. Uh, Kyle, thanks for being with me. Dan, congratulations on your wedding. And, um, <laughs> yeah, the balls are juiced. Let's get to one more uh, miscellaneous before we get into prospects. This one from Homedog at Homedog123 underscore CR. As a Twins fan who likes listening to your podcast, do you think the Twins have a legitimate shot at being the Astros, Yankees in the playoffs? Also very excited to follow the Angels and hopefully see them in the playoffs next year. Hey, Homedog, thank you for listening as a uh, not an Angels fan. I really appreciate that. The fact that you take time out of your day to listen to this podcast really means a lot to me. Uh, as for if the Twins have a legitimate shot... I really think they do. I I think it was last week someone asked me for my surprise picks for the World Series, and I said uh, I think the Twins actually are World Series contenders. Uh, I think they're a really exciting team. I don't know if the pitching staff is going to be able to, to hold with the Astros or the Yankees. Um, kind of interesting to follow, but Jose Barrios, Michael Pineda, Jake Odorizzi, Martin Perez, uh, if Kyle Gibson comes back, I don't know, but the bullpen's fine. I really think that they're going to surprise some people, and I, I love the question. Uh, I will say this again. I said it last week. Watch out for the St. Louis Cardinals. I think they're a real threat, and I didn't think about it, but the Washington Nationals, man, there are some, there are some really surprising teams that are going to do some things in the playoffs this year. Uh, the Atlanta Braves even. Uh, we're – we haven't talked about the Atlanta Braves, I feel like, and they're one of the best teams in baseball. So <laughs> it's going to be a fun year in October this year. But thanks again for the question there, home dog. I really appreciate that. Next question here comes from uh, Awatuki Takira at Rex Coot. <laughs> Rex, you got me there, man. Uh, the question is, who seemed to make an unexpected positive showing in the DSL and AZL this summer? I don't know if I would say unexpected uh, when it comes to the DSL Alexander Ramirez, now he was the top international signing for the Angels last year, but I was really surprised with what he did this year and how he was able to adjust. The power was really true. He had four home runs this year, had eight doubles, five triples, so a little bit of speed showing too. The one thing is he still had a strikeout rate over 30%, but at 16 years old, we watched him adjust with the season. Uh, the strikeout rate did go down, even though it stayed at 33%. Had a 109 weight of runs created plus. Uh, it's a small sample, 177 plate appearances. But for a 16-year-old, I think that's really impressive. In the Arizona League, uh, Arizona Summer League, um, a guy that really impressed me was William Holmes. And uh, he had an ERA of 5.71. He's still pitching with Orem right now. He got promoted. But he had a 30% strikeout rate as a pitcher. Um, was striking guys out, did walk uh, his fair share, but I was really impressed with what he did. He was up to 95, looked really good. And at the plate, he had an OPS of, uh, gosh, what was his OPS? Like 794, 794 OPS. Uh, His debut at the plate for Orem was outrageous. Uh, One, I mean, it's all small sample, um, but I was really impressed with William Holmes. Which leads us to our next question here. Uh, why is William Holmes also William English? That from Darren Kawahara at Patek the Flea. Um, so I, you know, sometimes you just don't know about these things. Um, that's a personal thing for the player to have and for a player to say. 
Uh, so I don't really investigate it, but I did reach out in the middle of all this uh, chat that we had on Sunday night. I said, you know, I don't, I don't go into personal items with the players all that much. Uh, but I said, Hey, William English, William Holmes, why don't you just kind of help me out here? And he replied. So I, I just want to share what William English, William Holmes had to reply here. Uh, so he was William English now goes by William Holmes. And this is him on Twitter. He says, I had my last name legally changed, but I haven't had a chance to get my driver's license changed yet. Once I give the front office my changed driver's license, then they will be able to put my name, uh, new name f- out fully. So at the current moment, he is going to go by William Holmes. And at, like you said, he changed his name legally. He didn't go into depth about why, which is fine. That's not, you know, that's not for us to really know. Um, but if you hear about William English or William Holmes, it is the same person. Uh, it's a two-way player. A pitcher that's been up to 95, really a great projectable pitcher. He's hit really well uh, down in rookie ball between AZL and Orem. Uh, won't be 19 years old until, gosh, December or something. I got to pull this up. He, I think it's December is when he turns 19, so outrageously young right now. Uh, let's see here. December 22nd, 2000. So, gosh, he's such a young guy. And he's doing great things. So uh, keep an eye out for William Holmes. He's the real deal. Let's keep it norm for our next question here. This one comes from MLB Revenge at MLB underscore revenge. What's up with Will Wilson? Why hasn't he played since August 20th? So Will Wilson had a minor tweak. Um, I don't know the exact injury. It's not a a serious injury, but I think it's something to do with his uh, lower arm region. Um, and what, you know, you got to figure Will Wilson is the Angels first round pick. So they're going to take a lot of care of him, even small things. Um, he's played over a hundred games this year. You figure he played 60 games, 50 something games with uh, North Carolina state. He's up at 46 games. So he has over 450 plate appearances this year, over a hundred games. Didn't really have to go out and do a whole lot at Orem for the angels to understand what they have in him. And also they, they can protect him. He's a very valuable asset for the future. Um, so regardless of what this minor tweak is, the angels may have shut him down. They, they, I'm not saying they came out and said that they haven't, but, uh, with just a few days left of him, he being here, the fact that he hasn't played in a week and a half or two weeks here, uh, it's not a big deal. Maybe it is for the Orem playoff chase. Maybe it is for, uh, Orem fans and everything, which is exciting prospect fans, but it doesn't seem like it's a very serious thing when it comes to Will Wilson. And, uh, I think he's going to be just fine heading into single A next year. Moving on to a pair of low A arms. This one from the Halo way at way underscore Halo. Who do you think will have a bigger impact once they make it to the majors? Jose Soriano or Hector Yan? Do you believe Soriano has a future as a frontline starter or more likely to be a third or fifth starter? Um, so the answer to that is Jose Soriano. The stuff is fantastic. Nothing against uh, Hector Yan. He's uh, got great stuff as well. But a little bit shorter of a guy. He doesn't have the stuff that Soriano does. As for if he's going to be a frontline starter, if he can throw strikes with the stuff that he has and he could command uh, the fastball and curveball that he has, then, yeah, he, he's got uh, maybe not a, a true ace kind of stuff, but he's got uh, elite stuff. It's high 90s fastball with a lot of movement, a lot of run. Uh, the curveball is a real hammer. So if he can command those things, then he's going to be a really special starter. Problem right now is that he doesn't have great command of either of those pitches, um, so it's likely that he's going to be a reliever in the long run. Uh, walks a lot of guys, has to really kind of conf- uh, refine his command to become anything uh, when it comes to a starter. 
But regardless, uh, both are going to be very good pitchers for the Angels in the future, uh, both likely as relievers, though. Next question here comes from AJ Street at AJ Street 77. Who are three Angels prospects that you think can have a breakout year in 2020? Uh, first one that comes to mind is Jordan Adams. What he's done from a very raw perspective as an outfielder is is amazing. You know, above average performance uh, in low A for a guy that never had uh, really he never played in a superior league as an amateur. Um, Kylie McDaniel had a great comment on that. Kylie McDaniel of Fangraphs had a great comment on that for what he's done this year, along with his 80 grade speed and defensive abilities. Uh, he is a really special prospect, maybe a top 100 prospect even in time. So uh, that's going to be my first guy. Second guy is Jemai Jones, kind of one of those guys that uh, was and he was at the time a top 100 prospect. He fell off quite a bit because of poor performance back-to-back years. But uh, from what he's done uh, recently with this new swing that he's tapped into, I think he's a guy that really could break out next year uh, and actually kind of reach the depth charts of the Angels and, and provide some spark. Uh, really exciting player. A third guy, um, man, uh, I'm going to go with a real oddity, and he's going to be a reliever, is Shane Kelso. Now, he was a like a teen pick this year, I think like the 18th, 17th, 18th pick this year out of a really small college, um, but he throws in the upper 90s, he's been up to 98, 99 even, and he has a, a 90 mile per hour slider. Uh, I know that the slider came in at the early start of the season. It was like 80, but he's kind of turned into almost a cutter, a short slider into a cutter that's about 90 miles per hour, high 80s. And he, I think he's got some really interesting stuff. So keep an eye on Shane Kelso. He'll be my third guy, even if he's a reliever. I, I think he's a special arm. Next question here comes from Lost Kiwi at Lost Kiwi. Right now the Angels pick at 12, but could drop to the 10th pick. With them likely or hopefully signing a free agent with compensation, how could this affect next year's draft? What picks will they lose? How much will it cost in their allotment, etc.? So this is all pending uh, how much the player signs for. Uh, you could lose a pick. Uh, anyone that signs for at least $50 million, uh, the team is awarded a compensatory, uh, compensatory pick between the first and comp A. Uh, player signs for 50 it's in comp B. You lose your top pick. It all depends on how much they sign for. And the amount of money that's signed uh, when it comes to this contract. So likely, if the Angels are to sign, say Garrett Cole, uh, he's going to sign for over fifty million dollars. So the Angels would lose their second highest pick. Now they don't have a comp pick because they're likely not going to give uh, Cole Calhoun a qualifying offer. Uh, so they're not going to have anyone in that. They're not going to lose a, a comp pick or anything like this. They would lose their second round pick. Uh, if they signed a guy, say, you know, I'm just going with some exaggerated comments here, but let's say that Zach Wheeler gets a qualifying offer, turns it down, the Angels sign him for over $50 million or whatever it is, uh, along with Garrett Cole, they would lose their next highest pick. So essentially you're just looking at the Angels losing their highest picks, um, and that would be their second and third round picks. Uh, it doesn't seem like they're going to get any comp picks in the A or B comp compensatory uh, round, so... Uh, that's what that's how it would affect the draft, and that's how it would affect the Angels when it comes to uh, what they would lose if they sign. They are going to retain their first-round pick, whether it is the 10th or the 12th or the 14th, whatever pick they have. Last one before we head to break comes from Halo Haven at Halo underscore Haven. With the playoffs next month, do you like the playoff format, or would you like to see something like Premier League Soccer? Um, I know a lot of people that don't like 
the wild card. I actually am a. I, I love the wild card. I think it's really a, an interesting way, especially the two team, the two teams making the wild card game. I think that's really exciting. Um, obviously, one of these years, there's going to be a problem with that where one team wins 100 games, lost their division by a game, and the other team won 101, and another team wins like 80 games or something like this, and they beat it. But I, I like the the one game wild card. Um, I really enjoy that. As for if it's like Premier League soccer, I'm not necessarily sure what you mean by that. If you mean by like a win being a point system, a tie, I, I, I don't understand that part of the question, so I'm sorry for that. Um, but I, I like the way that the Major League playoffs are set up right now. I like the wild card game, and I like the uh, four teams making it into the playoffs, or five, I guess now, and you know it being an American League and National League, really separating itself league to league. Uh, so uh, hopefully that answered your question. I appreciate all those questions to start off the show. We're going to head into our second segment. Before we do that, though, we're going to talk about Postmates. Now, Postmates is your personal food delivery, grocery delivery, whatever kind of delivery service all year round. For a limited time, Postmates is giving Lockdown listeners $100 in free delivery credit for your first seven days. Download the Postmates app and use the code LOCKEDON. Be right back with more of your questions here at Lockdown Angels after a word from our sponsors. California. Oh, love Leonard Skinner. Welcome back to I've I promised that I wouldn't sing on the show. I've promised so many times, and of course I had to. <laughs> Welcome back to Lockdown Angels, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, now brought to you by Hotels.com. You're locked in with Taylor Blake Ward. We're taking your questions from our Sunday night Twitter question and answer, bringing them here to the show on Monday, the best ones here on Monday, September 2nd. Uh, really enjoyed our first segment there with a lot of prospect questions. We're going to jump into some Angels Direct related questions here in the second segment. So let's get right underway. And let's start with a pair about Shohei Otani. This first one from Brandon, MLB and UFC fan. Why won't Otani go back to his launch angle from last season? Um, I'll get into what it is. So Shohei Otani last year had a 12.3 average launch angle. This year it's a 5.9, which is uh, drastically uh, worse. Uh, it's actually, ha- you know, you cut it in half and it's worse. He's hitting the ball a lot lower on a line. Um, and, I mean, I don't think Shohei Otani's trying to put the ball on the ground or anything like that. I think that, you know, baseball is very challenging and uh, sometimes things just don't go your way. And it's a little bit smaller of a sample size this year. Um, actually, I-, I say that and actually he's had more batted balls this year, so it's tough. Uh, less barrel. Um, exit velocity is exactly the same. And very prevalently taking a hit, but I think Shohei Otani's having a great year regardless. Uh, it's just not the year that he had last year, and, and that might be showing it. But I don't think it's uh, something that he's trying to do or um, trying to make an issue. So, uh, you know, if, if I knew the reason, I would give it to you. But I think it's baseball is hard, and it's not just as simple as saying, you know, I'm going to put the ball in the air more. Uh, it's part of it. So uh, next one here comes from Dander Bogarts, no relation to Xander, I'm assuming, at Dander underscore Bogarts. Is Otani's pitching rehab hurting his offense? Not that I know of. Um, Shohei Otani obviously is not hitting to the capabilities that he did last year, but 
I he's still people make it seem like Shohei Otani's having a bad year. I mean, he's got a 3.48 on base percentage. You know, his slugging percentage not isn't over 500 for the first time, but he still has a 123 weighted runs created plus, which is outstanding. Um, and I don't think people understand that he's having a very good year. Uh, if it's hurting his offense, the rehab, then it would be surprising. You know, you think about what he has to do mentally uh, every game, you know, especially last year when he was pitching and hitting. It's very unique. Uh, and you have to think about, you know, there was a time where Shohei Otani never had to worry about pitching because he was focusing on hitting only before having the Tommy John surgery. So I don't think it is, but there is a small chance. So a great question there is, uh, I was going to say Xander, Dander Bogarts. pair of free agent questions coming this way from David Ginsburg uh, at DrunkDave69. Hopefully you weren't drunk when you asked this, Dave. He says, so are we going after Cole and Wheeler with Joe Adele playing right field next year? Outfield is solid. What about our infield? Any chance at Joe Madden? Um, so yeah, you can assume that the angels are going to be heavy on the pitching market this winter. And if they're going after Garrett Cole and Zach Wheeler, I think the answer is they're going to try to, uh, if they're going to sign them or not is still up in the air. And, uh, if they're going to be free agents and not accept a qualifying offer an extension from their team already. But, uh, yes, I believe the angels will be going heavily after, uh, both of those guys or one of those guys. Definitely. Uh, as for the infield, I think they're pretty locked in, and any chance at Joe Madden, I don't think they're parting with uh, uh, Brad Osmus just yet. I think they're going to see what uh, what else they have here in Brad Osmus coming into 2020. Uh, so thank you for the question there. Next question comes from Joey Inglese. Inglese. Uh, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing that. says, uh, at no speaky Inglese. Is that like no touchy? Is that the uh, Emperor's new groove, Joey? <laughs> uh, question is, do the Angels go after Moustakis in the offseason to replace Cole Calhoun's lefty bat? I don't think they will. And the reason for this is Mike Moustakis has been a free agent both the last two years, and the Angels never put in uh, an offer on him. They never had expressed real interest in him. So I don't think that Mike Moustakis is someone the Angels really view as someone uh, as a part of their future, whether it even be on a one-year deal or, or multiple years. Um, also with a crowded infield, I, I'm not sure that, yeah, the lefty bat definitely shows importance, but I don't know if that's going to be something that they really view, especially if Tommy Lestella comes back and does what he does or has been doing the, this year, along with Brian Goodwin being a lefty as well. Uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there, but I don't know if they're going to replace Cole Cahoon's lefty bat with a, an infielder here, such as Mike Moustakis. So great question, but I think, uh, someone they're going to pass on kind of on the same frame here we're going to take this one from Cody Keen at Halo Fan for Life do you expect Zach Cozart to be a part of the 2020 infield if so who from the 2019 infield likely opens 2020 in the minors or is released after 2019 could the Angels try and trade Cozart or let go of him and eat the remaining 12.7 million owed in 2020 I don't know uh, we have to see what Zach Cozart's rehab is going to be like if he's going to play baseball ever again uh, I hope so. Uh, Zach has been nothing but kind to me personally. I think he's a fantastic guy uh, and I want to see him do well, uh, whether that's in an angels uniform or not. But if he's going to be a part of the 2020 infield, I don't know because not just the injury, but he is well below the others on the depth chart when it comes to talent right now. He's not better than Luis Renjifo. He's not better than David Fletcher. Uh, you could argue that he might not be a better option than Taylor Ward. He'd be uh, more expensive, and 
Uh, but eating, I don't, it all depends on what this injury is. Uh, they're not going to trade him. There's zero value in Zach Cozart right now. No one's going to want to pick up $12.7 million of Zach Cozart and make that a, a, an attempt on him. Um, I think the reality is, is either Zach Cozart plays next year and, and uh, he, you know, you're going to send Luis Renjifo down to the minors or something like this, or they're going to release him. Um, whether that means he is available to play or not, I think those are your two options. And I think the more likely scenario is that he is going to be released uh, from his contract, whether he can play or not. I think they'll give him a, if he is capable of playing and he shows up to spring training and he's capable, you know, I'm sure they'll give him the chance. Uh, he was an all-star not that long ago. Um, but at a certain time when he really had a chance to highlight his skills with Tommy Estella going down, he did not. And that was a real shame, not just for Zach, but for the angels and I don't know if Zach Cozart is going to be a part of the Angels organization beyond uh, heading into 2020 or not. Um, that's just a, a guess, and you know I'm not one to make assumptions or uh, think ahead that far. But at the same time, I, I'm not sure Zach Cozart is the right guy for the Angels at this moment. Staying with some 2020 plans, this next question comes in from, well, where is it? I lost it. Uh-oh, here it is. All right, from uh, Kyle at Mr. Kitty Meowface. Likelihood we see an everyday outfield of Goodwin, Trout, Adele. I still think there's a more likelihood that you're going to see an outfield of Upton, Trout, Adele. Uh, I think Brian Goodwin has really established himself as an offensive presence for the Angels, and I think he's more than capable of taking over. But I think that Justin Upton, with what he brings to the table when he's healthy, when he's uh, at a hundred percent, that is an all-star caliber bat. Uh, and obviously this year has been a, a big disappointment when it comes to Justin Upton, but I, I'm going to touch on it in our next question here, but I think that the likelihood is that next year you're going to see the start of the year be uh, Goodwin, Trout, uh, and Upton. And in time, you're going to see Upton, Trout, Adele with Goodwin as your fourth outfield and maybe even platoon a little bit. I think he has deserved that chance. Um, but I'm not absolutely. I, I still think Justin Upton is well ahead of him in the depth chart. So, uh, great th great question there, and it, it leads into this next one from Larry Leach at L Leach Four. Anything that can or might be done with Justin Upton next year? His defense is average, and he's not a great hitter aside from a little power. I'd love to see the Angels retain Col uh, Calhoun and bring up Adele when he's ready. I'd keep Goodwin as the fourth outfielder. Uh, I. <sighs> No one's going to take on that contract from Justin Upton, especially with his performance this year. But you have to remember that you say that Justin Upton isn't a very good hitter. He hasn't been that good a hitter this year. Uh, his career, though, I mean, he is 20% better than average when it comes to the league. He is an above average hitter. And even this year, you know, in a very small sample size of 228 plate appearances, that, that's enough sample size to really show in the 10 home runs. But 89 way to runs created plus that is only 11% worse than the rest of the league. Now you want to see more, especially for a guy that's making the money that Justin Upton is and the kind of player and hitter that Justin Upton hit is. But when you miss spring training and you miss that much of the season, it's really going to take its hit. There's some mechanical things that Justin Upton is going through that even my, you know, non-professional scouting trained eye has noticed. I've talked to Mark Gubiza about this is that, you know, there's a very serious mechanical problem going on with Justin Upton, and it's been noted that he does look lost at the plate. I kind of 
wave that off because of Justin Upton and who he is and everything like that. But there are times where he goes up there and it looks like he's a little bit lost. So I think that Justin Upton has some internal items going on. You know, he's probably pressing a little bit. Uh, but no, Justin Upton, he's an all-star caliber hitter and he always has been in his career. Um, the defense is meh, you know, it, sometimes it's good. Sometimes it's bad. It's a little bit inconsistent def- or defensively, but I, th- I think that Justin Upton is a very valuable piece to the angels. And when it comes to next year, a full spring training, he's going to be healthy. He's going to have a, a full year of health. Hopefully I think you guys are going to see what Justin Upton is really capable of. And we're going to go back to when he was with the angels in 2018 and he had the same way to run creative plus as Shohei Otani and was able to hit 30 home runs, you know, and replicate uh, the year that he had when he was a five-win player. I mean, you think last year was a three-win player. Uh, it's a very valuable player to have on your offense, and I think that Justin Upton is very important to the Angels. So I, I understand the frustrations this year, but I think when we get into next year, you guys are going to see what Justin Upton is really capable of. And when the All-Star ballot comes your way uh, – in June or whatever it is, I think that he's going to be a name that's on that chart that you're going to be looking at and saying, yeah, I might have to go vote for Justin Upton this year. <laughs> kind of a quick answer one here from Leash Yo Kids at Leash Yo Kids. Six man rotation again, question mark. Uh, the Angels have not come out with any comment about that. And also they're going to have to add some pitchers to really look into that six man rotation. Uh, obviously that has to dictate with Shohei Otani as well. Um, so I don't have an answer for that just yet. And I'm going to wait out what the Angels have to say at spring training next year. <laughs> next one here from Diego at Diego 1927 Angels. Which September call-up for the Angels do you think will have the biggest impact performance-wise? Um, it's such a small sample because you're looking at just a month's worth of performance here. So I'll say Michael Hermosillo. I think you know he's got a lot of untapped potential right now. Um, and, and it has to show out at the major league level. Um, Jared Walsh, Taylor Ward, et cetera, et cetera. Um, maybe Ad- Alberto Mejia is going to be a guy, but I don't think it really matters because it's only one month sample. So it'll be exciting to see what's going to happen going into next year. But I don't think there's a real value in um, taking this September only performance numbers and seeing what it really gives you because it's such a small, you know, anyone can go hot or anyone can go cold within a month. Um, so it'll be interesting there. And a great question, regardless, I, I think it's worth noting and I uh, definitely wanted to bring it to the show, but uh, you got to look at just a month sample. It's, it's not a large enough deal to really get excited over or, you know, get uh, overly nervous about if it's a poor, a poor performance. <laughs> so Next one here from NM Baseball 52. Who would you say is Billy Epler's number two guy for some teams uh, with an executive president of baseball operations and GM? It's clear, but the Angels only have a GM. I answered this question on Twitter, and Billy doesn't really have a, a true number two. You you look to him, go to guys uh, for the amateur draft. It's Matt Swanson. For a lot of other things, it's uh, Nate Horowitz. For others, it's Eric, you know, uh, Eric Chavez, other assistant general managers or assistants to the general manager. I don't think Billy, uh, it, to my knowledge, Billy Upler doesn't have a number two guy. Uh, you look at Mike LaCasa with the minor league system, uh, the minor league director as well. Um, I don't think there's a true number two, though. I think he really utilizes his staff, and he's built this staff uh, the way that he wanted to, and he's used his guys. Uh, so I think there's a lot of trust in the guys that he's brought in. 
and I think that he allows himself and and his uh, staff to really rely on each other for information. Um, so I don't think that he has a true number two. It's, it's a great question, and it's worth thinking about, but I don't think there's a real answer to that. So, Last one here from JT Wheeler at John Thad 22 In what specific ways has Doug White improved the staff? So Doug White, the pitching coach, there was a great article, and I, I feel like I touched on this last week. It was a great article from Jeff Fletcher of the Orange County Register about how Doug White started having Cam Bedrosian throw his slider from 90 feet as opposed to 60 feet, and you're seeing the progress of his off-speed pitch. Uh, there's been some things about how Doug White has helped with some grip changes, uh, a little bit of more that behind-the-scenes things. That's really where you want your pitching coach to be working is behind the scenes in the bullpens, not in games where the mistakes are a little higher of value. But um, I think you see the pace of the game. You see a lot of things about pace and how the Angels pitching staff has worked on pace. You see a lot of guys with uh, some breaking ball movement changes. That's a lot that has to do with grip and location. I think that one thing in particular is a lot of video study and how you can tunnel your pitches. Now, we saw that uh, two years ago before Doug White, but Doug has really tapped into the tunneling and things like this and understanding how to record outs and utilize all your pitches within one scheme. Um, Obviously, Angels pitching staff just isn't on par this year, so there's a lot of Doug White might be taking a lot of hits, but there is a lot of progress as opposed to regression that maybe you just don't see in the numbers. And I think that Doug White, I think when it comes to Doug White, you have to give him at least another year here to see the real progression of these pitchers. I think that one year with an entire pitching staff is, I don't want to say small sample size because I've used that, but at the same time, one year doesn't really dictate how a coach really helped a pitching staff in one specific area. So I think next year when you see Shohei Otani come back, you see a lot of other guys, you, you know, you talk, you hear about guys using splitters now. Uh, it's all kinds of different pitches. So I think using your full arsenal to your advantage, a lot less fastballs, a lot of trying to figure out tunneling to get your slider and fastball mixed in or your curveball or your changeup, whatever it is, to mix in. That, I think, is what Doug White has really done impactfully when it comes to this Angels pitching staff. So great question. And I'm going to look more into this as well. Um, but I still think next year is really going to be the year where we see Doug White's real impact on the Angels pitching staff. That's all we have for today's show. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you for the questions as well. You want to be a part of the show next week, make sure to follow us on Twitter, at Angels. You can follow me personally, at Ward. I send out that tweet at 9 p.m. Pacific time on Sunday night saying, hey, send me any and all your baseball questions. I'll answer them here on Twitter, and I'll bring the best ones to the show on Monday morning like we did today. Also, if you have a private Twitter account, I cannot read your question. Uh, so if you want to email them to me, you're more than welcome to. I've had a few from – I've had even from Saudi Arabia, I've had emails. So uh, you want to send those to me, taylorblakeward at yahoo.com. I'm more than happy to answer your questions here on the air and the best ones. I, I love being able to interact with you guys and having you interact with me as well. So thank you for allowing me to do that. Reminder, today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own through Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com. Be there. Do that. Get rewarded. Also, make sure to download today's show or any of the episodes through Lockdown Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or the new Himalaya podcasting app. Free and easy to download through your Apple app or Google Play Store. 
Thanks again for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow, same time, same place. For Lockdown Angels, I'm Taylor Blake Ward. Stay nasty, Anaheim. We'll see you tomorrow.